the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm taking a few days off. We're running some reruns, programs that you've heard before, perhaps, but we thought you would like to hear them again. I'll be back live on January the 2nd. Look forward to seeing you then live. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, December the 16th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. There's 15 days left, by the way, in this year. By the way, our support is down the first half of this month. I know you're busy, but hey, we need to hear from you this month. I know there's a lot of voices out there that are raising funds with double and triple and quadruple, uh, you know, uh, their backup on their, their donations and all. We don't have any people that are doing that for us, but we sure need to hear from you. So thank you. We are fully supported by those of you who listen and believe in what we're doing. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. We don't spend a lot of time raising funds on this program, but without them, the program wouldn't exist. So thank you so much. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Today on December 16th, 1773, the Boston Tea Party took place. American colonists got sick and tired of taxation without representation. They boarded a British ship. You know the story. They dumped more than 300 chests of tea into the Boston Harbor to protest the tea taxes. They liked tea, but they didn't like the taxes. Marjorie and I were in um, there in, in Boston at that harbor. There's a boat there. It's not the boat, but it's a boat, kind of like the one, I suppose. And you can go on there. Maybe some of you have been there as well. Our kids were younger, so we took our kids. We went on this boat, and they have boxes of, it says tea on them. I don't think there's tea in them. But anyway, they're attached to a rope, so you can throw them overboard. Then you can reel them in, and the next group comes by, and they throw the box overboard. It's kind of fun. Our kids remember it. They talk about it from time to time. But this was the real deal today in 1773. Today in 1859, Wilhelm Grimm. Grimm brothers. He's the younger of the brothers. He died in Berlin, 73 years old. Today in 1905, the entertainment trade publication Variety came out. It's first weekly issue. It's one of the three now. There used to be two, but now there's three mainly read entertainment uh, journals. I pay attention to all three of them. The other is Hollywood Reporter, of the, of the two top ones. Variety is one of those. Today, 1907, 16 U.S. Navy battleships that became known as the Great White Fleet. Boy, that's politically incorrect, isn't it? Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt said, he said, tell, told him to go around the world. 14-month around-the-world voyage. The reason? To demonstrate American sea power to every country in the world. Today in 1944, World War II Battle of the Bulge began. German forces launched a surprise attack against Allied forces in Belgium and Luxembourg. The Allies eventually turned it around 
and they um, turned the Germans back. It was a historic battle. In fact, President Trump issued a statement this morning remembering the 75th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, World War II. The president described the feat of arms as one of the most consequential and tenacious operations in modern military history. He noted that over 500,000 American and Allied forces, uh, soldiers who fought back the Nazis' last major offensive in World War II were to be honored. He said, quote, following the arrival of the monumental Allied victory on D-Day, the Nazis knew the momentum of World War II had swung against them. The, uh, President Trump said in their last effort to turn the tide of the war, they once again underestimated the resiliency and the grit of American troops. He also remembered the over 19,000 soldiers who died in the battle as leaders in Europe attended the commemoration ceremonies in Belgium. Several members of Congress, our Congress, are over there. They traveled to Europe for the occasion. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, he's there as well. Trump said he recalled uh, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill's description of the Battle of the Bulge as, quote, undoubtedly the greatest American battle of the war and an ever-famous American victory. Seventy-five years ago today, the Battle of the Bulge. Would we have the resolve today in America, politically correct, feminizing our men and masculizing our women? Would we have the resolve to fight such a war again? I hope so. Today in 1950, President Harry S. Truman proclaimed a national state of emergency in order to fight world conquest, these are his words, by communist imperialism. And today in 1991, the UN General Assembly, they rescinded its own 1975 resolution equating Zionism with racism. The vote was 111 to 25. They told the Jews they could go ahead and believe in themselves and their country and their history. It would be okay. It wouldn't be racist. For the first time, the first time since the media launched the Ukrainian hoax, Support for impeachment is underwater. It's upside down for the first time this morning. One week ago, last Monday, according to Real Clear Politics, they do a poll of all the polls. And I pay attention to it. A lot of people do. 48% last Monday, just a week ago, 48% of those polls supported the impeachment and removal of Trump, while 45% were opposed. As of this morning, those numbers have flipped. 46.7% support impeachment, while a plurality of 47.3% are opposed. Congressional Democrats and their media allies have charged Trump with everything from bribery to extortion to quid pro quo to writing mean tweets. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. The American people are sick of it. The polls are moving against the Democrats who came out this morning with their 658 pages or whatever it is on why the president of the United States should be removed from office and the 2016 election should be overturned. The will of the people is not the final word, they say. 
There is at least one Democrat will now be changing parties. There are others that are remaining silent, conspicuously silent. They're not saying anything. We'll see where all this goes. But I can tell you, I can tell you, this is going to backfire because American people believe in the electorate. They believe in the election process. They do. I know there's extremes on both sides, and there are people way out there that are just, you know, out of control. But they sometimes you get the feeling that that represents the thought and the feelings of America, and it doesn't on either side, particularly the left. They have just they're making fools of themselves. Honestly, they are. And I don't think they can help themselves because they they don't have a plan. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anything of real substance to say to the American people, except we've got to get rid of Trump. Maxine Waters is the poster child. She's not a child. She looks like she's 100 years old, but she stands. She gets in every picture she can. She started calling for president. She's a Democrat, a, a black woman from Southern California, a, a representative. And she started calling for Trump's impeachment the day, the very day of his inauguration. In fact, the day before, she started talking about it, but she started seriously calling for it. What would be the reason to impeach a president on the day of his inauguration? Because I don't like him. That's the reason. And it has developed from that to this. And here we are today. Now they presented their 650-some page at 12.30 this morning, just after midnight, to Congress. They said, consider this. We're going to be voting on impeachment of the president. Let me just say this, and then I want to get to another subject today. I'm pretty sure the House of Representatives will vote to impeach the president. They will approve the two articles against him, neither of which rise to what they've been accusing him of publicly, and the media has just been repeating it like, you know, like a like a loop, just going around and around and around. But they've they, they've they've charged him with a couple more benign things that they think they're subjective, that they think they can push through. And I think the Democrats will pretty much line up. But there's about 31 of them that are not talking, they're not saying anything about this, just <clears throat> because they're from. Uh, from states that Donald Trump won in the election, and they, as a Democrat, got elected. And they're not sure that they want to talk too much about it. We'll know how they vote. It'll be a public vote. And I think they're considering, and they really like their job, and they like you know all the benefits of it, and they're not sure they want to lose their job that quickly. So we'll see how all that works out. But Mitch McConnell, again, over the weekend, assured America the president will not be removed from office, because this is all frivolous, it's political, it's partisan, and we're not going to have any of it. The Senate will not, will not convict the president. That's what Mitch McConnell said, and he's the leader of the Senate. So the Democrats immediately jumped on him and said that he wasn't being fair, he wasn't being honest with the American people, and on and on and on. I mean, after after years, years of calling for the impeachment of this president for no reason, just because we don't like him. Now they're saying that Mitch McConnell, he says the Senate is behind the president. The Senate has looked at all the evidence, and it's it's a hoax. So that's where we are this week. I'll be talking about that more this, this week on this program, so we'll try to keep you up to date on what's going on. <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit about 
Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. They run all the all of the um, Christmas movies and all kinds of kind of romantic theme things. You know what they are. I think most people that have a TV know what Hallmark Channel is. A lot of people watch them. Millions of people watch them. In fact, I mentioned Hallmark on this program on either Thursday or Friday of last week. I did not write about it, so I'm not certain which day I mentioned it on this program, but I mentioned it Thursday or Friday. And I mentioned that they were being targeted by homosexual activists. Well, I want to pick up on that theme because from then to now, much has happened over the weekend. And because millions and millions of people watch Hallmark Channel and millions and millions of Christians watch Hallmark Channel, I think it's important to take a few moments and talk about it this morning. Homosexual activists are pressuring Hallmark Movie Channel to be more diverse and inclusive, or else. They always add the or else. The Christian One Million Moms organization, they're associated with, affiliated with the American Family Association, AFA. Well, this weekend, Hallmark had been put under pressure. The, The moms had contacted them and had said that the One Million Moms had said they they really didn't like the ads that were running on Hallmark. At the same time, and not connected to that necessarily, there was a conversation going on about why doesn't Hallmark show same-sex weddings and romances and whatever like they do heterosexual ones, because we out here in America, we are, some of us are gay and so on and so forth. The two are connected morally and and as far as you know the issue is concerned but they were disconnected i mean they were not connected conversations so the ads were not advertising hallmark they were advertising a uh, it's i think it's called zola or something it's a wedding dating website for gays for lesbians or, or gays i guess anyway this this whole thing has become a major issue Because, as I said, millions of people watch Hallmark, and they trust the content. That's been the hallmark of Hallmark. Normal, traditional relationships in their storylines. So now things are changing. (laughs) The CEO of Hallmark Channel's parent company told Leslie Goldberg, she's with the Hollywood Reporter magazine, one of the two main journals that come out of Hollywood. The network is open, open to movies about same-sex couples, but nothing planned at this time. That happened a long time ago, like last Thursday. I mentioned that interview, as I said, on this program, either Thursday or Friday. Goldberg asked Bill Abbott, he's the CEO of Crown Media Family Networks, about incorporating stories about same-sex couples. Abbott responded that Hallmark has included more African leads and stories about Jewish couples. Well... That wasn't what Goldberg wanted to hear. So Goldberg comes back around and she says, is homosexual themes something you have talked about or that's on your radar as you look to maybe broaden out some of your what your programming is? So Abbott responded again. This guy's the CEO of Crown Media Family. They own the, I mean, they run the stuff. It's affiliate. The movies are affiliate of them. Abbott responded, he said, we look at a variety of different things, so we're always looking for the best stories that we think will resonate in the best way. And so we're open to really any type of movie or any type of relationship in any space. Well, Abbott was trying to dodge the question. Obviously, it was a a not give a direct answer to Goldberg. Well, it failed. 
the homosexual community has never allowed you to not be direct. And once you commit to your beliefs, then they take action. And that's exactly what's happening here. Goldberg, who is writing this story, she's a lesbian, an activist lesbian. She said, I would love to have a Christian movie or or a Christmas movie with a same sex couple on there. My, quote, wife and I are not reflected on anything you guys are doing. She even said, she said, I would like for my family and my wife's family to see the movie. This is Michelle Vickery. She's the executive vice president of programming for Crown Media Family Network. She would report ultimately to Abbott, but she works there. She mirrored Abbott's con- comments in another entertainment journal out of Hollywood. It's called The Wrap. It, it's red, but it's not one of the main ones. But she said, we are continuing to expand our diversity. We're looking at pitches for LGBTQ movies, and we are looking to expand and represent the United States as a whole. Well, the reaction to both of these, this conversation and these ads, and they, as I said, they're parallel, but they're, they're separate issues. Well, <laughs> in that backdrop, Hallmark had begun airing these ads for this wedding planning website that featured two brides kissing at the altar. I wrote an article about this today, but I, I wrote it last night. It was published late last night. It was set up for publication because it's published east or west coast at at 5 a.m. in the mornings. And so, I mean, it ha- there just has to be that timing. So I can't write it this morning. I mean, I could, but I don't want to get up at 2 a.m. every morning. And so it was written well. I'll, I'll continue with the storyline, but I'm going to tell you what happened this morning. This saga continues. So Saturday, day before yesterday, um, Hallmark removed the ads. They said these ads are becoming a distraction. There were some ads from this same company, I think it's called Zola, that were advertising for wedding planning for same-sex couples and then some for heterosexual couples, men and women, as the human race has acknowledged as far back as history goes, which would be the Bible. Anyway, this Molly Bywer, Bewer, I don't know how to pronounce her name, is B-I-W-E-R. She's a senior vice president for public affairs. She said the ads have become divisive and are distracting from our network's purpose. Hallmark will never become divisive. And I thought, boy, never say never, honey, because you are becoming divisive if you stand for anything anymore. You will become divisive. We don't live in a world where everything just flows together and it's peaceful. Jesus talked about leaving his peace with us, but he said it's different than the world. He said the world's peace is is fake, basically. He said my peace, the peace of God that passes understanding in the hearts of individuals, that's peace. When these guys try to become all things to all people, it all begins to break down. And that's where Hallmark is right now. So she says we don't want to become divisive. We will never become divisive. But will they compromise in an effort to not become divisive? And what is divisive? Is it caving to the pressure of the LGBTQ demands like Chick-fil-A has done or revising their values or standing for what they always projected to the Christian millions of Christians who watch their movies, conservative audience? That's been Hallmark. Made them a huge financial success, much like Chick-fil-A. So will they cave? Well, Bywer, she confirmed Saturday 
that a conservative group, One Million Moms, part of the American Family Association, had complained about the ads to Bill Abbott, who would be her boss, CEO of Crown Media Family Network's parent company. The lesbian ads were pulled. The heterosexual ads over the weekend were not pulled. Abbott said the ads were aired in error. He said we should have never aired them in the first place. That's an understatement in light of what's happening this morning. He said the call from the One Million Moms gave us the opportunity to confirm the Hallmark Channel will continue to be a safe and family-friendly network. Let me repeat. The main guy, the CEO of the parent company, he said the Million Moms asked us to remove them. They said they were not happy about it. A Million Moms, there are a lot of moms, (laughs) and moms are pretty strong. I had a mom. And I'm married to a mom. They're pretty strong when they get on something. A million of them? I've never faced a million moms, one way or the other, but Hallmark is facing them. So he said, and I repeat, we, this gave, gives us the opportunity to tell the world that Hallmark Channel will continue to be a safe and family-friendly network. That was Friday. Okay. Clearly, Abbott and the CEO is is committed to remaining what Hallmark has always been. I mean, he sees the value of it, apparently. He wants it to be safe for traditional family values. So you can sit out and watch it, and you're not going to end up with two guys kissing on your screen or whatever. Well, I wrote last night. It was published last night and put out there this morning, actually, 5 o'clock. I said this. These, I'm quoting myself here. This will not end peacefully without controversy. I'm not proclaiming to be a prophet, but that's what I wrote late yesterday, and it was published at 5 o'clock this morning. Hallmark has become the target. The marketing company that had bought the ads for the wedding website immediately reacted publicly. They noted that Hallmark had basically discriminated, approving the heterosexual kissing ads, but not the lesbian kissing act ads. Ellen Ellen DeGeneres, she jumped in and she was on Twitter asking Hallmark, she said, isn't it almost 2020? What are you thinking? Please explain. We're all ears. Uh, The marketing company issued a statement, all kisses, couples and marriages are equal celebrations of love and, and, um, and, and we will no longer be advertising on Hallmark. Well, that was to be expected. This actress, Sandra Bernhard, she played one of the first openly bisexual characters on a network TV on the Roseanne show. She tweeted, all the groovy ladies I know won't be watching your Christmas schlock. They'll be out celebrating with their families, their wives, their children, their friends, on and on and on, getting married in chic ensembles. Didn't you get the memo? Family is all inclusive. And they go on and on and on. Now, (laughs) this morning, Associated Press is reporting the Hallmark Channel has reversed again what it called a wrong decision and said it will reinstate commercials after they had pulled them this weekend featuring same-sex couples that it had pulled following a complaint from a conservative group, this Associated Press, this morning, just a little while ago. Well, the conservative group is the One Million Moms and all of us who agree with them. 
The Crown Media Team, this is a statement by guess who? The head of Crown Media, Hallmark's parent company, who said, we will always be a safe space for you guys out there. You Millions and millions of viewers who are many Christians, mostly conservatives, I would imagine. The Crown Media Team, he says has been agonizing over this decision as we've seen the hurt it has unintentionally caused. Said simply, we believe this was a wrong decision. We are truly sorry for the hurt and disappointment this has caused. We will be reinstating the ads with the lesbians kissing. Think about that. Chick-fil-A. No more Chick-fil-A, no more Hallmark. I think there's going to be consequences that these guys have not evaluated, but maybe they feel it's worth it. I don't know. I can't. It's hard for me to grasp. It's satanic, almost the attraction to this whole movement of the LGBTQ. It's unbelievable. There's not a moral rightness about it because the human nature itself reacts to that because God didn't create us to be married to same sex. God really did create the human race and God created us to be man and woman, male and female. I mean, it's very clear in the first, just the first words of Genesis. You say, well, I don't believe God created us. Well, why is there that propensity among human beings to be attracted to the opposite sex for marriage and procreation and all of the things that we know as life itself. And this stands in absolute, abject opposition to nature and nature's laws. Boy, I'll tell you, it, it is just... Back in eight, 1989, neuropsychologists Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen, they published what would become a handbook for advancing the homosexual agenda in America and elsewhere. It's called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear of Hatred for Gays in the 1990s. That was 1989 and 90s. From then till now, look where we've come. They lay out in that book, I don't have time, I've read the book. They lay out in that book a, a, a format or a, a plan to change America and to normalize what is not normal, to moralize what is immoral according to God's word. It discusses three ways in the book, basically, that the agenda is foisted upon the public. Normalizing what has never been normal in human and religious history. The book lays out the plan. There's three sections in the book, basically. One is about desensitizing the population, the culture, Number two is about jamming. In other words, putting so much information into them, and finally it just you, they kind of become numb, and, and they, they just don't resist it anymore. And number three is conversion. And converting a, a country that, because we were based on God's principles and God's word in our founding, and Christianity has been so dominant in America, number three is to convert us from that to accepting and ignoring what the Bible says about same-sex relations, and the Bible is extremely clear on that, as it is about murder and abortion. 
These are not issues that are kind of fluid and are changing as we go forward and evolve and all that kind of thing. I mean, they are absolute. These these are destructive. Certainly abortion is. It's murder. But these are destructive to the sustainability of the human race. And that's what's going on here. 